Hello, welcome to the History Half Hour with Ryan and Jamie. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jamie. And on this day, we're recording this on the 10th of April, and in 2019, which was actually not that long ago, not that's long two, long year, two years ago though. Two years ago to the day, which that's is That's weird. Crazy. It feels like it's more recent. Yeah. Uh, astronomers realised the first ever image, the first picture of a black hole in the mass- in the centre of the massive uh, galaxy M87. It was an amazing, that was amazing, it's wasn't so, it? That was a really cool moment so for science. So mind-blowing to just like sit there and go, that's a black that's hole, a black that's hole. a picture of a black hole. Mental. And on this day in 1938, the Anschluss was approved in Austria with a whopping 99.7% of, of Austrians voting for the annexation of Austria by Germany. Voting for the annexation. <laughs> that's an yeah. interesting, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, a suspicious they, they, number, isn't it? Yeah. That's actually, for some reason, I'm not entirely sure why, but 100% is suspicious, but just under 100% is more suspicious. Is like they went, oh no, if we specific. if we make it 100, people people are going to ask questions. Let's make it 99.7. <laughs> That's you know, you know whatever. Each their own. Yeah. Uh, also on this day in 1912, the RMS Titanic embarked on its maiden voyage. Of course, we all know what happened to that, and we may do we may cover that in an episode because yes. it's, it's very interesting. Very Lots interesting of like small stories that happened that led to this enormous disaster. Yeah. And on this day in 1633, bananas went on sale for the first time in London. <laughs> Thank you, bananas. Thank you, bananas. That's an interesting. And London. That's a nice fact. And Thank yeah, thanks, London. London. I love London. London's great. It's lovely. I'm going to so, London soon. Oh, are you? Yeah. That's cool. And uh, so, bananas. Now we have bananas thanks to uh, April 10th. Well, you know, I don't think it's... How do they know? How do I, they... Yeah. We always got always questions. It's just how do they know it's that I day? mean, it's sort of, yeah, kind of like... I, 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 yeah, I guess so. It's just, it's a fun... That's a fun little fact. Bananas. So, uh, yes, so what we're on about today, uh, if I remember correctly, is we're on about the uh, race to the South Pole. Yes. Although it wasn't really a race. It wasn't exactly a race, no. It sounds cool, though. I think the the press used that Mm -hmm. because it sounds cool. They're slightly different. So this is the infamous uh, trek by uh, Captain Scott of Britain and Ronald Amerson of Norway. Uh, and on their march to reach the South Pole first, because no one had done it at that point, because it's freezing um, <laughs> and very difficult to do. So uh, what? So let's start with the Norwegian and the older, I think older of the two, I believe. He is, yes. Uh, Roald Amundsen. So, Roald Amundsen, um, he is Norwegian. Yep. He is an explorer by trade, that's what he did. Um, he's the first explorer to reach the South Pole. Obviously. Spoilers! Spoilers. <laughs> the um, first explorer to go through the Northwest Passage, which is the sea route between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Oh, nice. But going through the Arctic Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is extremely difficult. Yeah, it's quite cold. Um, quite, it's quite I'd cold. Say. And a lot of deadly, deadly ice. A lot of, lot of that, yeah. Um, he was... He was a... He was, I mean, there's no other way to put it than a boss. He was, <laughs> he was a pretty boss. hardcore dude. Um, he began his career as a polar explorer as the first mate of Adrian de Galoche, I want to say, who was a Belgium. You're not the greatest pronunciation. No, that's probably wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was the first mate on that voyage, um, and he 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 built his way up until he got, started to get to do his own expeditions. Um, nice one. Yeah, very very it's interesting. Lots of. Lots of adventures for an explorer. That's quite. I think it's probably quite standard. But yeah, <laughs> he's done some cool stuff. Yeah, he's known. He's well known, and we're, yeah. we're still talking about him today, which is important. 
And uh, on the other side, on the British side of things, we've got Robert Falcon Scott, another great name. A great name. Another great name. That's a great name. Um, uh, he was born on the 6th of June, 1868. He served in the Navy on ships such as the HMS Rover and HMS Victorious. And uh, whilst in the Navy, he met geographer Sir Clements Markham, who is absolutely obsessed with overcoming Antarctica because yeah. no one had done it at this point. Obviously, and uh, one he also Markham wanted to ensure that the conquerors of the wasteland were British, obviously, obviously because British colonialism. Yeah, still alive and well at this time. Uh, just yeah, we have to be the first people to step in the south. will have to be British, yes. of course. Oh, whatever. Times change. Um, so they went for the South Pole. Now, the South Pole hadn't been conquered yet. No one had been no, to it. Nobody had been to it. Why was that, Jamie? Well. The South Pole is cold. It's cold, a little bit. It has a lowish recorded temperature of minus 89.6 degrees Celsius or minus 129.28 degrees Fahrenheit. That's cold. That's very That's cold. horribly cold. Now, that is lowest, the... but the average winter temperature is minus 49 degrees Celsius or minus 52, uh, 56.2 degrees Fahrenheit. Ah, oh, that's not nice. I know. I, I, just get, I just don't, I just don't. Like that. That's cold. I'm yes. not. You know, we we in this country struggle any below one minus one. Yeah. After that, we we cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't handle it. And um, there's also no sense of scale because it's just ice. Yeah. There's it's no vegetation. It's just ice. ice. Yeah. No greenery or anything. No greenery. Um. So it's so hard to tell how far away something is, how big something is. Mm. Um. It just made it incredibly difficult to navigate. And some dangers include crevasses, which are impossible to know where they are before you fall into them. Yeah, they're they just covered. They're covered in these layers of snow. They're just big holes in the ice. Yeah, you... and it's all white still, so it's yeah. still it's really hard to notice. And with heavy snowfall, especially, it'll oh, make yeah. it even more difficult. Snowblind. And another thing is frostbite, which is the slow blackening of extremities, and the only cure for it is to is amputation. It's to just. Cut Why it off. would you want to go there? I don't know. We're not explorers, and I never no. want to be, if that's all right. Um, let's not plan a trip <laughs> to discover something. Yeah. I'm good. Unless it's like a new packet, a new flavour of crisps. Flavor of we can crisps. do that. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not do it now. Okay. Um, so, uh, well, uh, Scott was now the leading this... Uh, uh, he was leading this expedition under the instruction of Markham to this uh, Antarctica, and he was told to use dogs by the Norwegian explorer Nansen. Because, do- but dogs, interestingly, had to be properly trained, and the men who uh, had to, the men using them, had to know how to handle them. Yes. Otherwise, it was going to go wrong. They don't go to the South Pole with Chihuahuas. No, it does not end well. No, you have to pick the right dogs yes. as well. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, and things for Norwegian explorers, uh, they were experienced with skiing and with uh, using dogs mm-hmm. because they were in quite a cold country, and so they they knew what they're doing. But for the British naval officers, they didn't. They weren't yes. experienced with dogs or anything like that. They were not uh, used to it, so it didn't go well. Now Scott did have an expedition into the South Pole in 1901, which lasted between 1901 and 1904. But this is not what the one we're on about because it did fail. He didn't yes. quite get there. Um, but he needed a show. What he needed for this expedition, uh, for the first expedition, was a ship that could break through Antarctic ice, but needs to be made out of wood, uh, as to not to, not to impede or hinder the uh, magnetic uh, observations, which are vital to the mission. Otherwise, they'd get lost. Got no yes, idea where they're yeah. going. Um, that's one thing about the North and South Pole. Because of course, they're magnetic North, magnetic South. This is something. Do you know they swap sometimes? Yes, every yeah. like, isn't it? 
I don't know, is it I, a few million years or but something? But they, like they, they can just swap they over. Will, they will Which swap. is really strange. I think there's like a million year million years. <laughs> so there's, there's a long time before they will. Yeah, I'm not saying don't don't like don't, don't be worried. Yeah. It's like, oh my god! Like, well my compasses won't make any sense. Yeah. No. It's well just, they will, it's just the opposite. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I just think that's fascinating. They're just they're just gonna swap. Yeah. Um so uh, you've got the uh, you need to, need to get this uh, magnet, the ship, this non-metal uh, wooden ship, and they decided to use the Discovery because, of course, they did. It's <laughs> like a bloody Star Trek ship, isn't it? The USS Discovery. Um, I think that is a Star Trek. It ship. might have been I actually. Well, the Star Trek Discovery is a TV show, so oh, that's yeah. what we think. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, maybe is it named after? A ship? I've never watched I, it. I've no, we, should, we should, anyway. should. Yeah, I like Star Star Trek. Um, so uh, they had this ship and. Uh, the discovery was used in this expedition, and the crew included zoologist and skilled painter. Painter, I don't know what painter is. <laughs> painter Edward Wilson, uh, and soon-to-be famous explorer Ernest, Shack- Ernest Shackleton. He will, so, you know, yeah, a great crew. You've got yeah, a zoologist and a painter, and so he could paint all that. He could a, do the maps. An and explorer, stuff. but not yet. He's not. No, he hasn't reached his heights yet. Yeah, there's quite an uh, quite an infamous. Uh, he, he, he and his crew survived all of his crew survived being stuck in ice for over I think over 170 days or something like that really went uh, for the for the highest skills yeah <laughs> so um, it was a good crew uh, although there was a bit of tension between Scott and Shackleton but you know. yeah uh, and actually do you know Shackleton would be the first man to use motorised vehicles in the South Pole or in the Antarctic only a few years after this expedition oh. yeah, I learned that um so Scott Wilson and Shackleton were the only three on the first attempt towards the South Pole. They uh, sled there uh, on the sixth of August, nineteen oh one. The Discovery set sail from the Isle of Wight, went to New Zealand for supplies, and then on to Antarctica. On the 9th of January, they landed on the continent, and Scott said, "We're here to fight the elements with their weapons." Yes. Yeah, they kind of beat him. Um, Did you go so well? uh, See, the dogs they brought became uncontrollable. They only reached four miles a day. That's the, the only distance they yeah. could, you know, on average, they got about four miles a day. The dogs weakened and died. Uh, Shackleton contact, contracted scurvy. Wilson had snow blindness. Uh, the three reached the 82nd parallel and then turned back. So not quite that close, but not quite the South Pole. Uh, and then on the way back, an average of one dog per day died. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and Shackleton, on the 18th of January, Shackleton collapsed after spitting up blood because of his yeah. scurvy. Uh, on the 3rd of February, they finally, in February, they finally made it back to the Discovery. And Shackleton actually wept on the ship that brought him home early due to his condition. He was too sick to do yeah. anything. And he actually cried on that ship because he was going home. Uh, the rest of the crew returned in 1904. That was the first trek by Scott to the South Pole, and it failed, but he didn't die. No. How did Amundsen fare? Well, his first expedition to the South Pole went quite well. Yeah, it did, not it? it was the first expedition to arrive at the South <laughs> Pole. Um, he and four others arrived there on um, the 14th of December, 1911. And um, he, they had quite, quite a, I wouldn't say easy, but... You know, not too terrible of a time. Um, they had, they were trained. They were trained yeah. for the elements. Um, I think one of them was a professional skier, which is probably better than a professional painter. Um, <laughs> and um, they had really nice dogs. That no, oh, lovely dogs. Lovely dogs, really nice, really good boys that um, managed to fare way better than um, Scott's d- dogs, dogs did on yeah. either of them. 
uh, either of his expeditions. Um, and they made it with with skill and with some ease. Yeah. It kind of, it was a very showy-offy, just yeah. being like, it's easy. South Pole? Yeah. It took him 99 days to get 99 there. 99 days. He got there five weeks ahead of yes. Scott's expedition. And that was also part to the 60-mile advantage they had <laughs> by cho- just choosing a better landing they a, point. They had a breeze of it, really, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they landed at the Bay of Wales, which was a um, a much better landing point to land at than yeah. where Scott did. Because it was 60 miles ahead. Yes. Uh, well, you know, that was nice of him. I mean, I... Uh... Amundsen, of course. I believe no one died as well. No one, no their, one died. No one him, died it crew. was him and four others, and they, they all, all got back to South yeah. And they got back to explore more uh, yes. in other places. So that was Amundsen's. But Scott's, on the other hand, yeah. I'm just going to tell you now, this is one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. Yeah, where Amundsen, his story is just a tale of a good great job, ex- great, great exploration. exploration, just skill and well thought out and well planned expeditions mm. Scott's is not <laughs> ironically the polar opposite yeah nice one um, yeah I, so I'm just going to tell you now that yeah it's one of the saddest things I've ever heard it it just goes downhill it with every a, step it is a sickening story and it's, it's really not that but, but it's really interesting it is interesting to to, and it's to, worth remembering yeah 100% and uh, but uh, as a promise to you the uh, listener Thank you for listening. Um, we have a fact, a cute fact, a nice, happy, cute fact at the end of this yes. uh, to lift your spirits up because this will crush your soul because it crushed mine. <laughs> when, when you, I, will, you will have to wait. You have to wait. At the end, I, prom- no, I promise at the end, we'll have a lovely, nice fact to cheer you up before we finish. Okay? Cool. Right. <laughs> Let's do Scott's this. second expedition to the South Pole. The Terra Nova was the ship they used, and it set sail on the 1st of June 1910, without Scott, actually, because he was still raising funds for the expedition. He was to meet up with the ship in Cape Town. In Melbourne, Scott received word that Roald Amundsen was beaten to the North Pole by uh, Robert Perry, the American uh, explorer. Which is why Amundsen then went to the South Pole. Yes, he was going north. Yes. I went south. He Actually, he told his crew that they were going to take a short detour to the South Short Pole, detour. the to the opposite. other end of the Earth, <laughs> and he asked his crew if it was all right if they just did a short detour to the South Pole. And then when they got there, he went, "Surprise, we're actually going this way." <laughs> <laughs> so um, he received well, this is when Scott received word uh, from Ron Amundsen uh, that Amundsen's cable simply said, "I'm going south. Stop, Amundsen. Stop." That's all it said. Yeah, and this made Scott go, "Ah." Damn it. Yes. <laughs> so he was now had some a kind of competition with um, Amundsen. The equipment they brought with them was not the best, let's say. Yes. They brought thin woolen jumpers that froze when wet. And woolen trousers which caused rashes and really hard leather boots. In comparison, um, Amundsen brought lots and lots of thick and durable um uh, wear and, and skins, skins and things and stuff like that yes obviously skins wolf skins good yeah. thing to have because they're designed to survive yeah. these areas and his uh, their boots were spike studded yeah to help grippy so um, Scott's crew also brought 34 dogs and 19 ponies 
and some suggest that bringing the ponies doomed them to failure from the very start. Yes. Because animals, those sort of animals were not suited to the harsh conditions of the South Pole. They just, yeah. they just weren't. Um, his idea was uh, grounded in sense. Uh, from a, you know, he thought you know using horses to uh, to pa- to move their stuff makes sense because you know it works in in, in England, doesn't it? They yeah. they t- take stuff all the time. They're very strong um, animals, but they are not suited to the extreme weathers that you get in the South Pole. Should have got some penguins. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're yeah. right. They're Antarctic. They're Antarctic. Yeah, yeah. I was Although, say polar imagine bears. polar bears. That would, I mean, granted, we are, we know they're the Arctic, but imagine polar bears pulling your sleds. That'd that be would be cool. awesome. Uh, very dangerous. <laughs> so uh, after a horrid journey into the Arctic, they arrived uh, on the outskirts of the Arctic in January. They uh, needed to establish a depot known as the One Ton Depot, like the kind of base of operations. Scott wanted to build it on latitude 80 degrees south, but the appalling weather conditions meant that the depth uh, meant that the uh, depot had to be built 20 miles north of the intended spot, which would be a crucial 20 miles. Yeah. The expedition was producing accurate and detailed maps of of largely un- of the largely uncharted region. So the race to the South Pole, as we mentioned earlier, was a little, little bit misleading because yes. they were sort of they were taking their time. There wasn't like, run, come on, we're going to get there. It was, Amundsen, uh, he very much wanted to just get just the get title there. of being the first one yeah. there. Um, I mean, he, although he did do scientific experiments. Mm. Um, there was there was plans to do scientific experiments, but they were um, useful, useful for, yes. because it's untried. They'd yeah. not no, one, no one has any but idea what it's like. They, he, he wasn't intending to chart no. the entirety of, um, well, the entirety of the area they were at. No. Amundsen was sort of his... his Maps were mainly just to get back, yes, weren't yeah. they? Just to help him survive. Head um, left at the white. <laughs> and then you might <laughs> this see This glacier here will go this way. And then, uh, it, oh, it's the one with the two ridges. They all have ridges. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> it all looks the same. Oh, for only a tree. Don't go right, because you will die. <laughs> Make sure you go left at yes. this specific glacier. Oh, and watch out for the uh, crevasses. Oh, how do I see them? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Scott's expedition, uh, they were mapping stuff out and uh, they had produced really detailed, really well uh, done maps that were quite useful to people at the time. Uh, And it wasn't long before their ponies were spent. They had snow up to their stomachs, their legs were completely submerged and the only way to get them to move was to beat them. So at this point, very early on in the the trek, uh, Scott had them them uh, off It's quite sad. Yeah. The ponies were so couldn't they just couldn't, just couldn't handle it. it. There was no they way had... they could have get any further. They couldn't even go, they could, there's no way to go home as well. Yeah, they they were so stuck there. Uh, in a sort of mercy killing, if you want to view it like that, uh, shot uh, Scott had them all shot uh, to put them out of their misery. Yeah, um, which is you know that's the first of the many casualties yes. we will encounter. Uh, so the final assault team would go very close to the pole before turning back. This team consisted of Edward Evans, Tom Crean, and William Lashley. So that was the final assault team. And then the summit party uh, would be a one-sled team of five who would go to the South Pole. This was the infamous team of Doc Wilson, Birdie Bowers, Taff Evans, Titus Oates, and, of course, Scott himself. These are the five men who reached the South Pole. Did you know that uh, Christmas dinner... In 1911, uh, consisted of slices of horse meat with onion and curry powder, followed by plum pudding. Delicious. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to stick to 
you know, mashed potato and gravy yeah. and, and what we have now. Yorkshire puddings. Yorkshire puddings, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> granted, they were in a little bit harsher conditions yes, than, yeah. than we are in our cosy little um, Hampshire houses. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, it's past Christmas now. This is they, they left in 1910. This is past Christmas 1911. And finally, after this horrible 78-day journey, they reached the South Pole on the 17th of January 1912. But they found a black flag attached to a sled carrier and a tent with a Norwegian flag flying yes. above it. The Norwegians had got there first. I mean, if their spirits weren't high now... They were yeah. they were one high before even they were nothing now. They essentially had accomplished almost nothing. Yeah, <laughs> the second people to yes. get to the South Pole. It's not as catchy as a title. No. Uh, like who remembers Buzz Aldrin? I do. I like Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. But you know the idea of the second person is never as impressive as no, the first. Yes. So. Scott had arrived 33 days after Amundsen. There's no way of knowing as well. Yeah. Because they set off at similar times, but I mean, there's, yeah. there's no communication. There's, no, there's no telegram service in that, the South Exactly. Pole. That, um, that 60 mile head start by what just landing it? in a better area yeah. Amundsen got, just it really pushed them forwards and just being better prepared. Every decision made on this trip was either the wrong one or completely ill-fated. Yes. Everything went wrong and it was just horrible. So... They found uh, the remains of a camp uh, inside a tent with a letter from Amundsen addressed to the to the king of Norway. So they finally got there in January 1912 to the South Pole to find out the Norwegians got there first. The journey back was even worse. Which and is... it's getting worse. <sighs> so, <This> is... yeah. <laughs> Evan's condition was critical after suffering several falls and injuries. On the 17th of February, exactly a month after they reached the South Pole, he fell into a coma and at midnight became the first member of the summit party to die. That's... Despite months of researching trends and weather patterns, they were completely unlucky to discover that 1912 was an anomaly. Yeah. Temperatures reached minus 40 degrees Celsius and Fahrenheit because, as you may know, if you know interesting facts like we do, these are very interesting, minus, <laughs> minus 40 degrees Celsius and Fahrenheit are the same temperature and the wow. only only time that happens yeah. in both measurements. Isn't that true? Back to the sand stuff. <laughs> so it was so cold, it froze their paraffin so they had no fuel to, to you know for heat or anything like that. Uh, and they suffered intense winds which caused them to lose heat so quickly. Oats were suffering badly from uh, frostbite. I'm saying suffering a lot, but it's because they suffered a hell of a they lot. They suffered why. so. There is, if yeah. there's one thing this trip it can be called, it is suffer. just suffering. Because no. it is, they did not have a fun time. <laughs> On the 9th of March, they arrived at Mount Hooper and the Mount Hooper Depot, hoping to find the team uh, with dogs that would save their lives. But the harsh weather had sent the others back to One Ton Depot. Help was 72 miles away. At this point, they are all frostbitten. Evans is dead. They have no dogs. They have barely any food. They have no paraffin. And they have 72 miles away from anyone. Scott, at this point, ordered every man be given the means to end his suffering. So Wilson, the doctor, Wilson gave out each member 30 opium tablets. This is how dire the situation got. They were suffering so much that they said, said, make sure you can kill yourself to stop it. Yeah. Oates begged to be left behind in his tent to die, but the others refused. They they would not let him. And this led to the infamous moment 
where Oates rose onto his frostbitten feet. He could barely walk. He was so in so much pain. And he said, I'm going, I'm just going outside. I may be sometime. He was never seen again. Did they ever find his body? Even? No, I don't think so. That is completely buried. He was never seen yeah. again. Wilson wrote his last letter to his parents and he wrote, I have had a very happy life. Scott wrote to the mothers of Oates and Bowers, to Wilson's wife and to his own wife, Kathleen. He also wrote a message to the public, which was later printed, in which he stated he did not regret the journey. That is quite powerful. Yeah. That is a he said, no, he, yeah, he was adamant to the end. He said, it, it, he said, we took risks and it's important to take risks in life. And this one, it just happened. That but... is the, the, the amount of power and inspiration behind yeah. that. To, to especially write that after they had suffered so much. Yeah. It's incredible. They were 11 miles from One Ton Depot. Which is, from knowing where they were when they were 72 miles yeah. back. They were 11 miles away from home. And that's that's when they had to move it. To but they didn't miles. know, of course they didn't know that because they couldn't see anything. It was just white. They could only see white and they didn't know how th- close they were. That's from when they had to move that 20 miles back if they yeah. hadn't. They if they hadn't moved it. that 20 miles back, they would have been fine. They would have They would have been saved. Yeah. But because the, the weather conditions meant they had to move 20 miles back all three men died. Or five men. Died. All five men. But the last the three, three men. The three men's died bodies were found. So they died in March 1912. It's, 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 just, it's like 29th slash the 30th, I think, is is when they. Uh, yes, yeah, so the 29th. About the 29th of March. I mean, they can't be certain, obviously. Can't be but certain. the last diary entry was the 29th of March. Uh, yeah, so they reckon it's like the 29th or. Yeah, obviously at the some day point after. on that. The three men's bodies were found on the 12th of November, 1912. Their tent virtually buried in snow. Months and months and months, months after. after. Just imagine being the families of those men. They've left in 1910 and you hear nothing at all. You hear Amundsen's got there to the South Pole, first one there. He's so already you know. He's, he's back, landed he's in British soil. Yeah, he's um, gone on to do other stuff. Yeah. You hear nothing until November and you find out that they perished in the wilderness. A cross stands there for the three men with a fitting epitaph, I think. It says, to strive, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Which is such a good message for the, the amount of... I mean, and the amount of just this, just the push they must have had to uh, get, yeah. keep going the with fact it. that, you know, they got as far as they did and they, they achieved... I mean, they, they got to the South Pole. They weren't the first, but they got there. Yeah. More than most people have You know, more, more than most people. I've never been to the South Pole, have you? No. <laughs> um, not recently. Uh, through pure manpower as well, they didn't have any dogs, didn't have any horses at this point. You know, yeah, they're, all they're gone. Dutch just walking in the just walking freezing cold. And carrying their stuff. And, you know, some people uh, regard Scott as a fool, you know, for taking horses and all that kind of stuff. But upon research, I just think, you know, he was just... Things just went wrong. I he don't was, think he was He was an aspirational explorer that wanted to do something big. Yeah. And it didn't work out for him, which no. it doesn't always. And it's um, a testament to him that you know he never regrets the journey, and that was, I think I think it's worth remembering his tragic tragic story. I think a hundred percent is such an interesting story to research into. Um, yeah, I I had loads of I don't fun's not the right word, but I was I had loads of uh, I'm gonna have loads of fun, but I don't mean it's that. fun. It's fun as in yeah, as just a historian. Finding, yeah, as a historian, just finding not fun it out. as a human being yes. thinking this is what other human beings went through. Um, they actually they reckoned that Scott was the last to die, which is quite. Sad yeah. in a way that he's like his expedition. He's the he's because of the way his bodies was positioned. Kind of, over you the know, other captain team. goes down with the ship. Sort yeah. of idea, and that's yeah. also 
his because of how his body position he was sat in a tent with two of his dead mates yeah. that he'd been exploring with for months now yeah waiting just waiting over, to die over over uh, over two years waiting to die well no, sorry, by the time they found it, it was over two years yes waiting to die just with two of his mates sat there dead yeah, and two had already died as well. And two had already been and dead. They had to. They had to just leave. The, you know, Harrowing. Well, yeah. Well, they can't do anything. They can't do anything about it. You can't. You could. They could. They'd have made it. Even though they didn't make it anyway, they would have made it even further. But they wouldn't have made it as far as they did. Um. So, we do have a nice fact to finish yes. this off. Some that was just to lighten the mood a bit. That was horrific. It might not be the worst one we ever do, but so far it's definitely the worst one. It's yeah. It's harrowing isn't but it just just to lighten the mood up yeah a fact about red pandas Ooh. so red pandas actually use their bushy tails as blankets to keep themselves warm that's so adorable that's so adorable Aww. just I, I want a bushy tail now oh <laughs> uh, right now to end off as we normally do if you wrote down every word invented by william shakespeare back to back your hand would get tired <laughs> i don't want to try it <laughs> a man went drinking with john paul sartre and was run over by a milk float. He was laid out by the milkman, and so was his wife. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, milkman jokes are a bit old, aren't they? Well, don't forget, this is the History Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Jamie, for joining me once again. No worries. Right, well, thank you, Scott, yeah. for having an incredible story. A really can, sad one. We can look back now, and we can... Thank you, Amundsen. Yeah, Amundsen. <sighs> anyway, I've had a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>